We pray. Our faithful God will thank you for such a time like this. We thank you, Lord, for how by your grace, by your power, you have been blessing us since the retreat started yesterday. Unto you be all the glory, honor, and adoration in Jesus' name. Mighty God, eternal King of glory, you have not finished with us. Heavenly Father, we pray that even as we come to this section, Almighty God, you will prepare our hearts, Almighty God, to receive what you have for us in Jesus' name. Mighty God, how I pray, you will help in the speaking of the word in Jesus' name. Mighty God, that Almighty God, the speaker and the hearer, all will be beneficiaries, Almighty God, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, take control. We cancel every contrary spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please let's have our seats. If we look at our program outline, what we have now is uh, the message we have now is the power of faithful giving during famine. The power of faithful giving during famine. For text, let's open our Bible to the book of John. St. John's Gospel, chapter 6. I read from verses 1 to 13. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a, a feast of the Jews, was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which has five barley, barley loose and two fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And there was, there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down 
in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves when he had given thanks. He, dis he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loops, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Praise the Lord. They were looking at, again, the, a message titled, The Power of Faithful Giving During Famine. If you look at the text now, where we read, um, you see that to feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Two, the Bible was even, it's even specific, it's saying two small fishes. It's an impossible task. But with God, all things are possible. So, in a world where we live, in, the, in a world where we are, you know, famine is something that uh, has been, or is, is tied to human history. It's tied to the history of man. Because man has, man is positioned to, to farm or to cultivate, you know, to produce the food in any way, you know then ultimately the man will have to feed himself. The, uh, so in this context, we see that uh, with the population of uh, the world now, with the population of the world, even feeding human beings is a problem, you know, that uh, the, uh, the people in the United Nations, you know, they worry about, and also nations where they care about their people, they worry about how to feed the different mouths that will ask for food or that will need food. But here we see the King of glory, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We saw there his compassion. We're told that when he saw that, when, verse 5, when he lifted, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, when shall we have, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Given, you know, why were the people following him? The people were following him because of the miracles they have seen in his ministry. The the text tells us there in verse 2, a great, said, a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them 
that were diseased. Every disease, sickness, regardless of, regardless of what uh, the doctors call them, people in the, uh, in the medical sciences call them, they were healed. They bowed before the Lord. But when he saw them, you know, when he saw the number, when he saw the multitude, given uh, the sickness to be taken care of because that was why people were coming. But there was also need for them to be fed. So when he asked Philip, you know, when he asked Philip about uh, what, the, what the plan was to feed the, uh, the people there, Philip was giving numbers. Philip was uh, being a good accountant. Philip was looking at it from a human uh, perspective. But the Lord knew what he was going to do. My prayer is that whatever situation you are going through, my brother, whatever situation you are going through, my sister, whatever situation we are going through as a congregation or as a people called by his name, there is nothing that is that it uh, that will spring any surprise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord will meet you at the point of your need in Jesus' name. Why Philip was saying that even uh, why Philip was saying that even two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient to feed these people. Someone was observant to have a to have noticed a child that had his lunch there. And the two, the five belly loaves of bread and two small fishes was eventually what was used to feed the 5,000 people. And look at verse 13. Verse 13. Okay, let's from verse uh, 12. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. That nothing be lost. They fed them. Everyone had enough, and uh, they still had uh, they still had remnants that remained. 13. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the, with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Everyone ate and there remained. The Lord will meet you at the point of your needs in Jesus' name. What the people of the world consider as impossible what the people of the world consider as a problem, what the people of the world consider as a headache with the Lord, all those impossibles are made possible in Jesus' name. So we see, you know, that uh, famine in, in a time of uh, famine, it's a time of hunger, lack, starvation, recession, hardship, and economic downturn. And depending on the parts of the world or the nations concerned, you know, these issues are addressed different ways. And sometimes the way they are addressed, you know, 
it's, uh, some people may not even know what the, uh, what the country or maybe what the man in the street is going through. But even if the government does not know what you are going through, the people who should know what you are going through do not know. The Lord God knows what you are going through in Jesus' name. We we'll see, let's open our Bible to uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 24, as we read. Uh, Matthew 24, as we read verse 7. We're talking about famine. It is not something new, and it's also not something that is uh, uh, that the Bible, the scriptures have not documented, but it's also one of the things that will tell us uh, of the times, uh, of the end times, the condition of the last days. Matthew 24, as we read verse 7. For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there shall be famine and pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. And when that happens, you know, like I said, people will address it in different ways. And uh, in our contemporary times, we see famines and its serious effects all around us, as well as all over the world. In some parts of the world, you know, it has a kind of caused a, a, a migration. Maybe people from one part of the from one part of the world now moving to another, and in some cases too, it has also caused a, a political instability. But that is not the context we are addressing now. You know, the context that con that concerns us uh, as uh, believers is uh, what the Lord wants us to know, that whether famine or not famine, you know, Jesus is same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. The conditions do not change. So whether there is famine, you know, you know, you know whether things are difficult, maybe as the world may look at it or as the world may uh, caption it, the believer is not to be, not to yield to the temptation of not giving to God what you should give to God. The tendency to be uh, stingy may be there. The tendency to hold on to what you have may be there. The tendency to be either deceptive, you know, hypocritical, or not giving faithfully to God may be there. But for the believer that knows that he serves the God that has everything under his authority, everything under his power. The things happening outside will not affect your relationship with God in Jesus' name. But in such a time, in such a time, it is such a time that God demands faithfulness more than ever from uh, his people. And whatsoever we give to God that, you know, does not cost us Will not, uh, will not, you will not get rewarded for it, but you get rewarded for your giving unto the Lord in Jesus' name. On the flip side, when people give sacrificially in spite of famine and poverty, 
the reward are bountiful. This is the time we need not just to give, but to give faithfully, bountifully, joyfully, and consistently. We see from our text, the little boy, you know, did not have any restraint, at least it is not recorded in scriptures, in giving, in giving up his uh, five loaves and two fishes and see how many mouths that were fed. How many mouths that were fed. Even after they were fed, you know, you have uh, 12 baskets that remained of the fragments. When God is in the picture, it's a different ballgame. When God is in it, the world does not understand. When God is in it, you know, what the doctors are saying is impossible. We don't know how to take care of it. There is no solution to it. There is solution. That was why the people followed the Lord. They saw what was happening in his ministry. They followed him because they knew that was where the answer to their problem lie. But when they came, he looked beyond what their immediate need was. There was need for these people also to be fed because they were, they were coming to a place that was outside the town. So my prayer is that we should not be constrained to become people that God will not be proud of because of the times we live. Every believer must be determined to be faithful, dependable, devoted, and dedicated, dedicated to a lifestyle of a giving. This is one of the secrets of happiness and contentment in times of famine. We look at this uh, message under three subheadings. The first subheading, caution against unfaithfulness during famine. The second subheading, consecration to faithful giving during famine. Then the, sub, the third subheading, compensation for gracious giving in times of famine. The first subheading, caution against unfaithfulness during famine. For text, let's look at Genesis. Genesis 12, as we read verse 10. We see here the case of Abraham. Genesis 12, I read from 10 to 13. And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. The reason Abraham moved was because of the famine in the land, the, the need to have a uh, there was a there was scarcity of food enough uh, for families there, so he had to move. But something along the line, something happened. Eleven, and it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman 
to look upon. 12. Therefore, it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee. Verse 13. I pray thee, that thou, that I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well. I say, I pray thee, that thou art my sister, that it may be well with me, for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. See what has happened now. Famine, you are moving because of the famine, but on getting into Egypt, what happened now? A lie has been cultivated. A lie has now been developed. A lie that should be told in case questions were asked because of a, a, because was, were asked the wife. Already, you know, uh, he pictured what could happen and he framed also an answer that the wife should present which was, you know, yielding to what? The temptation of telling lie. And as he, uh, as he, as Bible students, we know that that was not the right thing to do because the person known for lying is who? The devil. And the Bible calls him the father of it. Now, why would a child of God yield to this? It is a, now, he's thinking that God cannot rescue him. But God is able to take care of any situation that will face. And that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. We also see that along the line, also, uh, as we see in uh, Genesis 26, Genesis 26, one and seven. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old, his eyes were dim so that he could not see. He called Esau, his oldest son, and said unto him, my son, Actually, I have to read 26. I'm reading 27. 26. And Genesis 26, verse 1. And there was famine in the land beside the, the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Isaac went, into, Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of uh, the Philistine in Gerah. Verse uh, 7. And the man of the place asked him of his wife. And he said, She is my sister. For he feared, he feared to say, She is my wife. Least, he said, the people, the people of the place should kill me 
for Rebecca and because she was fair to look upon. So you can see the same, the same pattern, the same trend, the same, the same path that uh, the father took, the son was also more or less taken. Which sometimes some believers make that mistake. They say, maybe this sickness, you know, people in my family go through this sickness. They may be, uh, the individual may have it. It is not so. You are a child of God. You have that testimony that you're a child of God, you know. All things are what? Pass away. You're a new creature. So it is just, what is happening here is just the fear of man. The fear of man. Making these individuals to, to yield to temptation. And if you run through scriptures, you know, either diligently or just maybe uh, uh, pick areas, you see the phrase, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Anything that will drive you to fear is not from God. As you stand with God, God will keep you strong to stand for him in Jesus' name. We see in uh, Joseph, a man who found himself in Egypt. For he was not driven there. He was not, you know, you know, he didn't go there. He was not driven to that place because of a famine. But again, God had, you know, God had everything happening in his hand, you know, playing out in his hand. The man found himself in Egypt when there was famine. Every place, even in the land of Egypt itself. But the man stood for God, and God upheld him from prison. God raised him from prison to the second to the uh, to second to Pharaoh in the land. There, he didn't tell he didn't tell lies, but God recognized, you know. Recognize, you know, that that man was standing for God. When you stand for God, my brother, when you stand for God, my sister, you will not be disappointed in Jesus' name. Joseph lived in Egypt during the time of terrible famine and abject poverty. He managed the situation in a very godly and faithful manner. Let's look at a uh, Genesis 41. Genesis 41, as we read 30 and 31. And there... Okay. Teddy. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty 
shall be forgotten in the forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the, the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of, of uh, that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. So the famine there that, uh, that they were facing was a terrible one which, uh, uh, which they faced in Egypt. Look at the uh, um, 56, how it was uh, handled. And the famine was, was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouse and sold unto Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. The, land, the famine was so much across the land. Even the, the land of Egypt, where people were coming, there was also famine there. But who was in control of the rationing? A child of God. Because God has the whole world in his hand. God has the final say concerning everything that pertains to you in Jesus' name. Verse uh, 57. And all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because the famine was so sore in all the lands. My prayer is that you will stand for the Lord and the Lord will keep you in Jesus' name. The thing that happens in such a time is that the devil uses the time of famine to achieve his negative objectives in the lives of some unstable uh, believers. The question comes to you, what are the unfaithful tendencies believers may, may tend to yield to in times of famine or in times of difficulties? One could be, you know, they are no longer regular in our weekly meetings. Like by the grace of God, we'll have Sunday meetings. On Sunday, we meet uh, for Sunday worship. Within the week, we'll also meet for Bible study. And uh, like in the north side, we'll also have a Friday revival hour. Because of what will be happening in the land, you now find believers now rationalizing. He pick, this is the day I should come to worship God. This is the day I can come for fellowship. In the early church, their service, their worship service was what? Every day, daily, daily. My prayer is that God will help us in Jesus' name. The other thing that could happen is, uh, you know, believers become lukewarm. Lukewarm, look at uh, Revelation. Revelation 3. Revelation 3, as we read verse 15. It says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither Cold nor hot, I will what? Spew thee out of my mouth. 
The Lord knows who you are. We should not allow circumstances around to uh, detect what we give to God in times of our time, in times of our talent, in times of our resources, and God will bless us in Jesus' name. Another thing you'll find, another tendency you'll find, is that believers become prayerless. Prayerless. And when the believer becomes prayerless, that is not in his interest. That is not good for such a person. Look at uh, uh, Matthew 26, as we read 41. Matthew 26, as we read 41. And he came unto the disciples and found them asleep and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Peter, James, and John could not even pray with him for an hour. That's the Lord demanding of them. Verse 41, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. At such a time, at such a time, when we give up prayer for, uh, for mundane things, you know, the tendency to be spiritually alert will not be there. And when temptation comes, the possibility of the person falling will be there because the person will not even know. My prayer that that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. And that thing that can happen is a selfishness. Believers become selfish. Look at a Look at uh, 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17. Here we see the case of uh, the, uh, the prophet Elijah. God has sent him to the, the widow of uh, Zarephath. But when he got there, Praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at uh, the situation. The situation was uh, was uh, such that you know the it, it was not a place where you say food was in abundance. You know, verse ten. Let me because of time. Let me just uh, uh, let me read verse. Uh, Verse 12. And she was going to fetch it. He said unto her, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord liveth, I have not, you know. The woman was telling him, I don't have enough. Look at her, 13. That's actually what I want to go to. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. The man of God must eat first, 
Amen. <laughs> and bring it unto me. After make for thyself and for thy son. God has sent him there for the widow to feed him. But the condition whether he's a person to eat first, uh, maybe that is uh, something else. It is silent in scriptures. I also want to keep it silent. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the other thing we can see also is a, a stinginess in times of giving. In times of giving, you know, that should not be a portion in Jesus' name. And also, at such a time, you'll find believers also being unfaithful in giving their tithes. In giving their tithes. And when that is happening, the individual is not only hurting himself, but the person is also robbing God. My prayer is that will not that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Look at Malachi. The individual is robbing God when the individual is doing that. God is not... He said, bring ye... That's Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that I may, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven. God desires to open the windows of heaven. What you are given becomes a channel of blessing to you, and God will bless you richly in Jesus' name. The other thing that also happens is, uh, you see, uh, deception now starts to creep in, as we see, like in the case of uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Barnabas, you know, led of God, sold his house, laid it, laid it, all the money at the feet of the apostles, and the, the church rejoiced with him and all that. Another family, God did not speak to them, but they desired to also get the glory, to get to rejoice, to, to have the accolade and all that. But what happened? They told a lie, and the story did not end well. I pray that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Your story will end well in Jesus' name. We go quickly to the second point be, as we as we we shoot for the second point. We want to recognize that, uh, emphasize that God's desire for us is for us to be faithful givers. Faithful givers. Point two, consecration to faithful giving during famine. Consecration to faithful giving during famine. The question we ask, how do you define faithful giving? Faithful giving, you could, the things that mark out faithful giving is a, a giving that is dependable. 
devoted, loyal, dedicated, steadfast, attached, reliable, unwavering, accurate, and trustworthy giving to God, his work, and giving to support the need, the needy in the house of God. It's not a question of, a question of maybe the individual, like some do, I believe maybe, uh, I want to believe uh, 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 we are not doing it here, maybe some of us are not doing it here. Where you are in a local church, you know, you give to your local church, you listen to the tele, tele evangelists, you know, you know, what you should give to your local church, you send to the tele evangelists or to one man somewhere who tells you he's doing this and that, you don't know what he's doing. That is not the type of giving God expects of you. My prayer is that we should be faithful to giving in our local church and the blessings that come with it will be that comes with it will be yours in Jesus' name. What is consecration to faithful giving? Consecration to faithful giving is when we lay all our all for God. It means all we are and all we have must be given to God and his service. And his service. It goes beyond the money. Your talent. You know, it goes beyond the money. Your talent. The gift God has given to you. When you give all to the Lord, the blessings that come with it, we cannot even quantify it. Because right here on earth, you start receiving the blessings. Praise the Lord. You start receiving the blessings in your Chase account, in your Bank of America account. Amen. Even as your account in heaven is swollen. And somebody's bank account in heaven is swelling in Jesus' name. Because you are giving to the work of God. And it requires you laying all on the altar of sacrifice for God. It means to spend and to be spent for God and the people of God. It means you practically and not theoretically forget yourself to remember others. It means, you know, having the same passion and compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. People are coming for him to receive healing, coming to him to receive deliverance, coming to him to be touched of him. But he looked at them, he saw even needs that they didn't have. They, didn't, they have not even sensed. He made preparation for it. My brother, my sister, you are in this retreat. The Lord God knows your heart. Your heart desires, as you believe God for great things in this retreat, God will meet you, your family, at the point of your needs in Jesus' name. It is God that answers prayer. And it is God that will do it. And God will recognize your faithfulness to meet you at the point of your need in Jesus' name. 
But you need to put God. You need to give God his priority place in your life. He puts the believer that puts God as, you know, gives God that priority place, and his own comes later. God knows the need of your heart, and he will meet it in Jesus' name. A faithful giver does not look at the weather, the cloud or the weather, or the wind. He sows by faith. Having surplus, but out of what? Penury. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 8. We see the case of a church here. Second Corinthians 8, I'll read from verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you wit. We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great, in a great, in a great uh, trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded, abounded unto the riches of their liberality. The church didn't have enough, you know, but they had a large heart to give. Their limitation was not a hindrance to them doing their work. As you give yourself to the work of God, there will be no limitation in your life in Jesus' name. There will be no lack in Jesus' name. Because the provider is God. He said you will not lack any good thing. There will be no limitation in Jesus' name. Verse 3, for their for their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Verse 4, praying with us, much entreaty that we will receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of their ministering to the saints. We'll give faithfully to, the, to God in Jesus' name. So we see how that the church there did not allow their limited resource to limit them in giving. And as large as their heart was to give, God sustained their giving and it, uh, it helped the work of God. And your giving, you cannot tell the extent to which it will uh, prop up the work of God in Jesus' name. You may not be in the mission field, but what you are giving as your offering, as your tithes, is what is keeping the man, the brother, the sister in the mission field. So, by and by, when the blessings will come upon the man that is in the mission field, you are also receiving the blessing because you are partnering with the Lord in putting that man, that woman there. And God will bless you richly in Jesus' name. How should a faithful believer give? 
We should give sacrificially. We should give systematically. You know, upon give from uh, your 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 tithes. God is not asking you more than what you can give. You know, ten uh, percent of uh, your earning. You know, one of ten, one of uh, the things. And scripture uh, time will fill us to run through. Uh, uh, to run through scriptures, people who have uh, faithfully done it, uh, done that, you know, God did not fail them, and God will not fail you in Jesus' name. We should be sincere in giving. We should give steadfastly. We should give selflessly. We should give spontaneously. We should give specially. We should give subjectively with simplicity and cheerfulness, sufficiently and bountifully, sympathetically and with empathy, scripturally and in the spirit. God loveth a cheerful giver. You are not the person giving and you are grudging. That would not be your portion in Jesus' name. What have you received that you have not gotten from God? That is why we should not have any restraint in giving to God. As we are faithful to the giver of all good gifts, he will make us channel to, con- to give continuously in Jesus' name. We'll go quickly to the third point. Compensation for gracious givers in times of famine. Compensations for gracious givers in times of famine. Let's look for text John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Where we read earlier. I read 10 to to 14. And Jesus said, Make the men sit. And now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus said, On, took the loaves. When he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and disciples to them that were set down. And likewise, of the fishes as much as the wood. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remained, that nothing be lost. It is God that gives. It is God that is the giver of all good gifts. As we are obedient to God, God will do the miraculous in our lives in Jesus' name. We saw, we see here in our text, the miracle of uh, the five loaves and two fishes feeding 5,000. What is there that God cannot do? If God can send his only begotten son into this world, even while we are yet sinners, Christ went onto the cross. What is that or acts of God that God 
will not give to us if we come believing, having faith in God. And God will do it in Jesus' name. In the world, we have people who uh, it's like uh, the billionaires now are in a, a competition of uh, giving, you know, giving out, you know, giving out a part of maybe what they have acquired. But what they are doing is more or less as a, uh, someone, someone uh, penned down that is more or less like a competition. They are given, but it is not recognized in heaven. Time will fail us like uh, the case of uh, the centurion who was also doing good like uh, the billionaires of our times. But thank God, God saw the heart of the man. And uh, uh, Peter was dispatched. When Peter got there, he opened his mouth. The man got saved. He received the Holy Spirit, not himself alone, all the people who were there. So now he's given. All those things he had been given now became profitable. But what, there is a, in this country, you know, there's a case of a, a man who was about starting business of a soap making. Someone told him to remember to give tithes. And when uh, the man kept, you know, you know, he remembered that advice that was given to him. And when his business started rolling, the man was given tithes, one-tenth, from, uh, from one-tenth, two-tenth, three-tenth, at the point, he was giving half of uh, what he was earning to God. This was uh, in uh, it was like in 18, 1890. That's a uh, uh, Colgate. As we speak today, most of the things the man said are still going on. Or some businesses that started without God by giving to the world, they also end the way the things of the world will fizzle away and pass away. My prayer that that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. God blessed the man. He was given his tithe to the point that half of what he was getting, he was given to the cause of uh, God. You know, It's not what we have like today, like uh, Ted Turner gave one billion to the United Nations and uh, uh, different names which uh, I, I don't uh, have uh, the time or loss of time to go into that. You know. The things the world, how the world operates is things or handle money should not be the way the believer should do. We should invest in kingdom things. We should invest in things that will expand the kingdom of God. We should invest in things that will give God glory. We should invest in what will take the gospel to that man who is still in darkness, who has not had the gospel. 
And as we do that, God will bless us richly in Jesus' name. Is there a compensation for doing this? Is there a compensation for doing this? There is. There is no faithful, gracious giver that goes without reward from the Almighty, who is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God begins to compensate them, even from this world until eternity, where their compensation will become eternally unquantifiable. The question we ask, what are the rewards reserved for the gracious giver? The reward, like we said, you know, you know, you know, you will not only start getting it from this world, but what you have laid up for you in heaven is unquantifiable. God provides for you. There is provision. There is also prosperity for the man, the woman, who is giving to God in times when people are holding back, saying it is time of famine. There's also protection. Protection for the man who, who, is, uh, who is given. And there's also promotion, because promotion comes from God. And the profit in business is also from God. There's also the power, you know, over Satan and his works. God will rebuke the devourer because you, know, you are given to his cause and because you are a child of God. So the devourer will not come near you. When I see the blood, I'll do what? I'll pass over you. Some years back, uh, uh, one of our brother in a, in a, a pastor in Florida, he gave testimony I think the almost in the whole street, the, the street where they lived, houses were on fire. Praise the Lord. But miraculously, you know, when the fire got to their house, it skipped. The fire recognized who lives there and continued burning. What? The people of the world can give you different interpretation about what has happened. But God knows how to preserve his own. I could go on with testimonies, but we know that with God, nothing is impossible. And God watches over you to lift you up as a living testimony for what he's able to do and what he's doing in Jesus' name. The other thing, the other benefit is uh, the privilege and participation in God's service. Praise. And also praise and commendation by the master. Welcome thou faithful servant. And God will find you faithful in Jesus' name. Last but not the least, paradise and heavenly crowns are with that believer, that faithful giver at the end. And God will find you faithful in Jesus' name. 
Let's rise on our feet and go to God in prayer. As God looks down from heaven, does he see in you the faithfulness he requires of his children? How faithful are you, my brother? How faithful are you, my sister? The power of faithful giving during famine. What is happening outside, what is happening around, should not dictate to you, should not alter your relationship with God. Abraham was running away from famine. He almost became a backslider, telling lies. Isaac, the same thing, telling lies. But another child of God was there in the midst of the famine. He refused to tell lies. Even his condition was even worse off. He was in prison, standing for God. God raised him up from prison to become second to Pharaoh. He was now the person who was managing the, the storehouse to feed the people who are going through famine. I don't know what you are going through, my brother. I don't know what you are going through, my sister. Believe God. Have faith in God. For he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Seek God. Faithfully seek him. Don't allow the things happening in the world to detect how you serve your God. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, our God, will thank you for your faithfulness. For your faithfulness, almighty God, is forever. And you require of us that we be faithful. Heavenly Father, how I pray that by your power, by your might, your hand be mighty upon each and every one of us. That Lord, as we walk with you, Almighty God, will not only be diligent, but be faithful in our service, Almighty God, in Jesus' name. We'll be faithful, Almighty God, in giving, Almighty God, in Jesus' name. We'll be faithful, Almighty God, in doing that which you have committed into our hands, in Jesus' name. Faithful God, so many are in this world, but they're in darkness. Lord, the revelations we have received, what you have given to us, mighty God, how I pray. That by our power, by our might, 
Almighty God, put them to good use to your glory in Jesus' name. Father God, we pray that by your power, by your might, you rebuke the devourer. All that the canker worms have eaten, all that the pama worms have eaten, all that the caterpillars have eaten, O oh Lord, in times of ignorance, mighty God, we pray, you replenish Almighty God, Almighty God, even a hundredfold in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Let your name be glorified. We oh, thank you, we oh, bless your name. For with thanksgiving we have prayed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen.